Welcome back to the Two Black Runners podcast presented by Runner Report. And today we have a really special episode. Like I know I say that like every single week we got a special episode, but I'm for real this time. This episode is special and I hope you guys can stick around all the way to the end. But before we get into it, I just want to say real quick, thank you to all the love and support that we've been giving over the past few weeks. Like this is episode 15 consistently week after week, every Two Black Tuesday, some Two Black Wednesdays, but you know, we, we come off track a little bit but just thank you for the support like if you guys can rate the podcast share it on your story anything like that we always do appreciate it and we'll repost it on our instagram at at running underscore report if you do so and you tag us let's just get into the interview real quick but before we do that let me introduce the brother from the same mother aaron potts bro aaron how you how you doing bro how you doing Bro, if anyone knows who's been following us or been with us, it's been a crazy week with everything going on. I don't think I don't even think I need to mention it and tell everyone because if y'all follow us, y'all know what it is. But I'm always doing yeah. good because you know it's Two Black Tuesday. And like you're saying, bro, we have a real special guest. That was clean. I'm super happy. I'm super happy to have her on. But without further ado, I'm going to let Joshua do the rest. Do your thing, bro. Introduce. Bro, first off, let me just run you down of like what our guest has done. She's a 2014 NCAA champion in the 5K, a 2016 Olympian in the 10K. She finished eighth last year at the Doha World Championships in the 10K, and she's a six-time Big 12 champion. And I think the best part about this, Aaron, let me hear you. Hear me out. Hear me out. The best part is that she's a sister. Like, let me let me tell you straight up, bro. We got Mario. (laughs) We got Mario Hall. (laughs) on this show mario how are you doing how are you doing today definitely much better after that intro (laughs) doing well thanks for having me on (laughs) not a problem not a problem but before we get into it and we know we have to get through the regular cordial stuff as people do now on podcasts or just when you introduce like how was just the quarantine life for you at first let's just start off there uh yeah it was it was rough definitely I, uh, most of my family is on the East Coast. I live and train in Portland, Oregon. Um, I live alone. So that was, that was a new, a new introduction to self over those few months. Um, But it was okay. Definitely um, was was thankful and happy to still have running, even if it was kind of a different feel to it than than normal. But yeah, quarantine was rough um, for sure. But also, um, like anything that's kind of rocky, got some good lessons out of it and just growth overall. So can't complain. Happy that we're moving forward, though, yeah, for sure. Also, I just want to I want to ask something real quick. We had Corey Carter come on and she claims oh. y'all got the best group chat in the nation. And she said you guys were best friends. I, I mean, she's kind of, you know, she's a little she getting real excited. So. Can you clear the issue? Really, oh. your best? Are you guys really good friends like that? Like, or she? I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna say that the group chat definitely got me through quarantine. So I'll claim, <laughs> I'll claim the friendship for sure. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're our group chat's top tier. I got a lot of laughs from that. Still get a lot of laughs from that. Um, an overwhelming amount of memes to go through on a daily basis, but. <laughs> uh, 
it's it's quality for sure yeah <laughs> and i didn't get to mention i forgot to mention this in the intro we also we got a lot of people like kind of like recommending you when we had on the show like first Corey recommend for you to have on and then molly huddle what we did two weeks ago she also recommended for you she to got come a great on. you got a great reputation everybody loves you <laughs> yeah uh-huh. so it's awesome to have you on. <laughs> I like those I like those people so um, I'm glad they recommended. <laughs> then one more thing like before we get into it I think this also is something that we also have to bring up because with the quarantine we also had something on top of that on just like the social injustices being really amplified not just in the black and community but in all communities and really just fighting for that sense of equality and everything like that just how has that just been dealing for you like mentally has it has it been able like well, just explain it for us. Like, how's that been for you? Yeah, um, I think it's definitely on the onset was extremely overwhelming. Like, mm. I feel like we all maybe insular, like with our families or friends kind of talk about what should be and like the right things, but actually never really confronted like what that would look like awakening would look like as a country and i don't know about everybody else but like this isn't how i pictured it like mid-pandemic yeah. <laughs> just like the way things are unfolding that's not like the walk on on washington that i had in my mind <laughs> yeah. it was gonna be smoother and um oh, i don't know i just i don't i don't even know that i ever pictured it it's just like you know what should be and you kind of just like hope that the work is progressing towards that but i don't know that i thought about it being this just like explosive um Mm -hmm. kind of movement and um yeah no I'm definitely happy that um it's it's happening but also overwhelmed and like it feels kind of just like everyone your your life just like got a curtain pulled back on it and now everyone's aware of (laughs) of kind of the go through which which is nice but also kind of like ah you is everyone looking at me weird now mm-hmm. or like attention yep. now? Um, so yeah, it's like, of course you don't want to take steps back and this is the right thing to be happening. But at the same time, it's like, uh, you're, you kind of, um, I don't, I don't know if I thought through what like all of this would look like for just as a person living in the world. It's like, you know, I, I want, <laughs> I want progress. Um, but, also, it's like I I want to live my life yeah. and like and be um, be happy and and do the things I can and this is a lot to kind of manage on top of all those things. So, um, but yeah, <laughs> it just us, I would say overwhelming. <laughs> same, like I would say the same. Like for me and Joshua both, I would say it's been a very unique, unique and overwhelming experience a lot of things going on and i like what you just had to say about like it feels weird like as as a like black black person you know people are looking at you seeing how you feel and it's also like weird and it's it's good it's 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 awesome that these people have had this curtain removed and they're having this awakening but it's also like weird and it's like wait like he didn't he didn't know that but with that, I just want to transition to with balancing all of that and COVID, how has that kind of like played into your training? We saw you did a, a race just about a week or so ago too. How has that been? Yeah, so I guess right on the onset of when in March, when things kind of started to um, just 
you know, going into shelter in place, things closing down, things being canceled. Um, we stopped meeting as a group and kind of just everyone had like two or three quarantine buddies. Mm. And those would be the people you like um, that you did workouts with. Otherwise, it's like most runs um, where people are doing solo or like with their small group of people that they like um, that we that we got um, from coaches. And so training was kind of the saving grace of just like having two workouts a week that that kind of kept the routine of everything going. And we didn't really like, as you can see, people running ridiculously fast. We didn't really (laughs) um, cave to or put the pause button on the on the training uh, progression, Um, just kind of approached it as a normal training year and like went through the cycles, normal cycles that we would in preparation for like any summer. Um, Yeah, that's kind of been the cycle we've been. We went up to altitude like Memorial Day weekend for about six weeks and that kind of added even more normalcy, at least for our, um, like within our group structure early in life but yeah. <laughs> in a group setting we went to altitude for six weeks and now we're just kind of on this um inner squad uh race kick for every 10 days or so yeah if you guys didn't know she's talking about the group barman track club which i would have to say <laughs> like best group of all time like i wish there was some championship <laughs> level where you guys you guys are like the bulls right now that's a, that's how i feel you guys are like 96 97 like that's how you guys are doing it yeah, no, I'm not going to, I won't take credit for being on that 96, 97 squad, but there has been some incredible breakthroughs like all across the board. Um, so, so yeah, no, it has been, uh, I think I am like, maybe not necessarily have seen the same results in my own running, but I am like, I do feel pretty proud. Not that anybody needs me to feel proud of them here, but mm. It is pretty remarkable just kind of like the focus that people chose to display like over this time even could have been even though it's just like your quote unquote the only thing that matters the Olympics world champion like those stages even though even those uh, (laughs) even though those things weren't in place like um, I think people just made a decision that they're they're running for personal um uh, achievements mm. and just like setting standards for themselves and um, and for the team and I think that's just like pretty special when kind of the carrots taken away you still are, are running and challenging yourself for the sake of challenging yourself um, so so I feel like that's that's been been pretty cool to be a part of and to watch people um, kind of just like attack the year in that way yeah that takes a lot of like mental toughness um with all these things and balancing so it's awesome to that you're a part of a group that can collectively like come together hold each other accountable and you know continue to push each other forward Mm -hmm. but we also wanted to dive in a little bit to like learn a little bit about uh how how you grew up uh just to start off who who was like that person that inspired you or impacted you in, in in your life and kind of got you into running yeah so I um my mom signed me up for just like uh age group track uh in my my township it wasn't anything that I like you know went home and was like you got I gotta go I gotta be on the track team 
My mom just signed me up yeah. like in the age of do every activity that there is to try and calm down <laughs> and kind of see what sticks. And from my first day at practice, like I can still remember where I ran, like who I talked to, what I was doing before. It just like is one of those memories that's still really vivid for me. And I just, I don't know, it just came easier to like to me. I enjoyed it. Um, I stuck with it and I've had some like pretty just gr really great mentors early on. I my high school coach Derek Thompson who um, now coaches um, Charlene Lipsy and Ajay Wilson out in Philly. Um, he was just like I feel like a really pivotal person early on for me that um, just encouraged me and kind of saw potential. I, you know, I liked running all through high school and in middle school, but I didn't necessarily know, like I didn't know anything about Foot Locker until he told me about it. I didn't know. I think my first, my first college visit was University of Maryland and they don't have a track team. Um, <laughs> like I just was kind of, yeah, when I, I was going, taking my SATs, visiting colleges, I was just visiting schools that were around me, yeah. you know, get, get in the car, drive some, whenever you're somewhere, your parents pop you out and like, we're going to go see two or three colleges. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was early. I, um, it was just like something I liked, but didn't or really was passionate about, but I didn't know like that it would be that you can compete collegiately, that you can be professional, that you can the Olympics, all those things. Um, yeah, so that was that was early introduction. I think starting out, I was um, definitely a sprint fanatic. I was this is problematic now because of drug busts, but I was Marion Jones for Halloween growing like growing up. <laughs> I, she was the goat. She was the goat. She was that, yeah, that girl. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's not really anything you can wave around now to say, yeah. but at the time that was I grew up going to Penn Relays every year. Um, so like that was the culture that introduced that I got introduced to USA versus the world. Like that's mm. my favorite matchup sports mm. <laughs> on the track pen relays. Um, so yeah, I think early on mentor wise, I probably, um, Marion Jones probably was my person for track. And then we did not miss a Venus or Serena matchup in the hall household growing up. That was like, yeah. <laughs> Those were wake up any time of the day to check to the to see that. Um, so definitely got a lot of inspiration from that early on. And yeah, just sports in general, anyone doing their thing. Allen Iverson, that was another big, <laughs> um, big uh, stand for, for him growing up and still now. So And just just to derail the conversation real quick, you brought up like Serena. Like I, I love just watching tennis just because of just like Serena. Then now... Coco Golf and Naomi Osaka, like just them, their representation in the sport makes the sport so much more exciting for me to watch. Yeah, no, I, I think that was one of the things is like, they've always been, or Serena and Venus, they've always been like dynamic people to me. And then Coco as well, following up, I feel like she's been doing a lot within the protests. And I couldn't imagine like having the courage to speak up yeah. uh, when I was 15, 16 mm -hmm. about what's going on. Um, I feel like that for a lot of people, or I don't want to say, but for me, I think found my voice or the courage to like speak up way later in life yeah. than 15. <laughs> um, so yeah, and yeah, she's an incredible athlete. Um, I think just really fearless 
Um, and that takes like a lot of vulnerability to just go out there and play with everything all the time. Um, so yeah, I love, I agree. I can tennis, they, they made me fans, but I'm really happy to see like the sport evolving and there being a lot of new, um, like young engaging athletes mm-hmm. to, to watch out for. And just, just transitioning as well. Um, talking about representation and the sport, everybody knows like Mary Hall, you're one of the only black, uh, female distance runners and, and you're not just one of the only, like you're out there killing it. Like, for I sure, mean, you're doing your, sure. you're doing your thing. But when was it in your career that you started to notice there's disparity between uh, the events and ethnicities? I know you talked a little bit about it on that Runner's World uh, magazine that came out a couple weeks ago. Yeah, um, I, I think it's just crazy because I don't know if you guys did uh, like USATF, the like or AAU yeah, meets growing up. All the time. Yeah, it- we were club runners. <laughs> okay, yes. So, you know. Um, hopefully maybe your listeners know or can this will paint a picture it's just like that was those those weekends it was like everyone did every event black there were mm-hmm. only black yeah. people in the the 3000 the 1500 cross country just like <laughs> hundreds of kids parents it was just like the ultimate cookout every weekend oh, you could like hot links the hot links are fire though <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wafting in your face right before you're about to hop on the- <laughs> uh, I'm hungry now what <laughs> so yeah it was just I, I so you you all know like the introduction to the sport never felt like anything I felt like the majority mm. of you know there there was all kinds of people there but I definitely don't think I don't I definitely didn't stick out um and we were all doing the distance events. We were all doing the four by four, the four by one. Like it didn't, it really didn't matter. There really was no, um, it was just like all your club wanted to do was win as much as possible yeah. so you could have rights. Right? <laughs> um, but so I think like early on, I that was my experience. High school I was definitely where you can start to kind of see I don't know. I don't know what the disconnect there is because there's a, also just a ton of talent. I feel like in those um, in those spaces of early age group club club running. Um, so yeah, after after that, just like advancing on to high school, I, I would say I um, you aren't you're probably one one of one or one of a few. Um, obviously you know that you're different but it it always takes a little bit for there to be like a a weird comment or you know something that that's off about the situation but talking now back to my parents it's kind of something that they're all they were always aware of obviously because they lived their whole lives before you and have probably been in our situation and so even now my parents will tell me story like retell me things that happened to me that I (laughs) um that I didn't realize or um kind of pick up on but um so yeah I think it took me you know a couple years into high school to be like this this doesn't feel the best mm. um but <laughs> this is this is a little different and um I, I definitely was fortunate again to have like refuge in the club team that I competed for in high school which um was a bunch of people who looked like me who did distance and it was you know it was fun it was um it was just kind of 
let your hair down a little, just chill out. You don't have to kind of feel like on edge all the time, um, which growing your high school, you're a teenager, you're already on edge yeah. <laughs> from just yeah. like, <laughs> so I, I think it was just double fold things. And I was just grateful to have that kind of refuge in the club team that I, that I competed for in high school. And I was going to just to say, to add on, like, that's super interesting for you to say, because like for me and Joshua, and I've been telling people this recently, like when I did club and everything, I had like a lot of, like there's a lot of black people. I had a black coach. And then once Mm -hmm. I went to high school and beyond, I've never had a black distance coach before. And Mm -hmm. that's just like, like you're saying, like, yeah, it's like interesting. Why is it like that? And I feel like I have had like disconnects with coaches in the in the past too because there's just they can't relate on a certain level to certain things and like weird things weird things too happen but I also thought it was interesting how in your article um how you're saying you chose to go to Texas which was a like a predominantly like big sprint school and your reasoning some of your reasoning for that was too also to be around a, a more like diverse and an inclusive community can you speak on that Yeah, um, I just, uh, I think back to like the visits that I took in college and Texas was really the only school that I got to like hang out with the track team. Um, All of my other visits, you only got to be with distance Um, or like that was most of your experience was, you know, you meet the cross country team, you meet the distance people and you, um, you're kind of. Um, like sheltered from the sprints, the throws. And I just remember for Texas, like I hung out with the shot putters for, you know, after the, the football game, I was with the sprinters at the football game. And like over the weekend, I, I, you know, I was paired with someone on the cross country team. Um, and it just, it just felt like an opportunity where I was going to be able to just like expand a little bit more and feel maybe a little bit more comfortable. I, um, and I was just, I was also 18. Like I wanted a college experience. Like yeah. I wanted a roommate <laughs> who I could like, um, you know, have, have a good group text with just, <laughs> I, I wanted that. Um, I wanted to have a chance at that type of experience and not kind of go through the, um, the kind of like division of life that you set up between like, you know, your, your fam your friends that look like you and your friends that don't. And unfortunately that's how social, like social structures are set up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's, it's usually, um, you know, you kind of gotta, that's, that's the concept of code switching, right? Like you're walking yeah. in and out of circles and you're, um, you know, you're kind of cloaking half of yourself to be with, other people or like to spend time with other people um and I just wanted the chance to maybe not do that as much not that that is how it works out always like I think that's um that's a part of the experience of being black is you're gonna you can't just um I mean you can (laughs) I guess construct your life so you're not you're only interacting with black people or one type of person but that's not a life that I want anyway um so it's just like yeah I, um, but I wanted the opportunity at least for four years to be like, you know, I, I um, you know, this is, I want, 
I want some different type of friendships. I, I want like a little bit different type of experience. And um, again, our, I, I mean, I mentioned this in the article, but our head coach was a black woman. Yeah. Our assistant coach was a black woman. Head of medical um, is a, was a black woman or is That's a black crazy. woman. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. You don't see that all the time. Yeah, it's like, yeah, for the training room to like for the person like telling everybody what to do for that to be a black woman was like, okay, mm-hmm. I like, I want to be. That sounds <laughs> like are... Club Track. Coach Zelda, shout out. <laughs> Coach Zelda. Oh, yeah. throwback. Um, and just even with like all of the discussion about um, uh, like believing certain type of people's pains and ailments. And um, I know like the larger mm-hmm. talk has been around uh like pregnancy and like black women disproportionately yeah. not getting the care that they need leading up to um, birth that was like not something i thought about then but now it's just like how important is it for an athlete um to be able to talk to someone who believes what they're going through what you're going through like recognizes what type of body you have because it is different mm. <laughs> like physically um we all are are made differently and i do think like the blueprint for a lot of things is for a different someone that doesn't necessarily look like me um again like i feel like we had you know sonya would come in and give us our conference yeah. championship pep talk like it was just <laughs> all the people yeah, that um, you're inspired that. by um so yeah i just think there were the people there i feel like i connected to their stories and they it was inspiring like um you know, you get the Rocky speech type thing. Like, that's what I felt like I was getting. It, it was, I under it was, yeah, just in a way that I could understand and um, feel connected to. So that was just, I guess, all about training. It was just like more at that time, I was like, I want to do something for myself as a person and also just challenge myself in, in this environment and like see what I can do over four years. And then on top of that, like it all worked out for you. What it seems like you, you ended up winning an NCAA championship. You got multiple big 12 championships. You were always in the hunt. And I just was wondering, just like we, we posted this a few weeks back when Aaron was on the Hoka IG live and had Claire Green, Claire Green talk about how like you winning that Stanford 5k your senior year, like inspired her to to run the 5k once she got to college when she was at Arizona and at that same time we made that post also seeing Destiny Collins who was at Texas these past four years she posted that as well and and that could have also been an inspiration for her not even just to run cross country when she was at Great Oak but to choose a college like Texas did you realize at that time that you could possibly make an impact on younger girls or were you just doing your thing like how was that? No, definitely not. I feel like uh, early decisions, even now, are all just about self. Uh-huh. <laughs> At the time, I was like proclaiming, like, this is for me. This is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. Like, I don't care about anybody else yeah. kind of thing. Like, I'm going to do this. I'll figure it out. Um, now, I think these, like hearing those type of stories is what kind of keeps uh, keeps you going and reminds you like why what you're doing is important, even when it feels kind of just not even when it's not what you want it to be and even when you're not seeing like the progress and the results that you want to see um Mm. like the importance of sticking with things you don't know who's watching or who's going to be um you know light the pick up the torch next and um yeah so I think it just serves as just a good reminder that like okay 
the work is valid. Um, it's, you know, it's important to keep doing. And um, yeah, I would say it's just, I, I mean, I get excited. People will say that like, you're an inspiration to them, but like, I get excited when I see someone like Destiny running or I see, yeah. see Claire out there. I'm like, okay, like stick around. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, I'm that, I'm that creeper. That's just like at the cross country. I'm like, oh, a black girl. I should go like give her my information. <laughs> hey, same thing, same thing. That's, we talked about the second yeah, episode. Thing, that's the yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm inspired and encouraged whenever I see anybody doing their thing, but especially um, when you can relate possibly to like the challenges that they are going through or or could be uh, coming up on. So, um, yeah. <laughs> And when I, since me, like I'm a, I'm a dark skinned brother. So like for me, like whenever I'm out running, like I've had people straight up, like stop me on runs and ask me like what country I'm from in Africa, like you Kenyan and like random stuff like that. So like for sure, like when I see uh, another person, like not, not uh, from like, like African, Mm -hmm. just like a black American too. I'm just like, yeah, let's go. Like my first time ever seeing you race was in uh at Brian Clay. And I was like, what? And I was like, who's that? I was like, we got one? I was like, <laughs> let's go. Let's get it. But I wanted to talk to you too about so in 2014, you win, you win that you win that 5K at NCAAs. And then I believe you got a contract with Nike and returned back to your to your uh high school coach. Can you talk about that transition? And how was that, like, getting sponsorships and everything? Um, So it, it came on very late. Like, I I had already made a decision that I wanted to keep running, but I applied for Teacher America and was, like, already set up with the school in Philly um, doing, like, uh, I was going to be first grade um, teaching there. Like, I already had kind of made career decisions uh, outside of running just because it didn't really seem as if um that i i don't really know like the landscape of (laughs) of professional professional running but yeah not at the start of my senior year i wasn't like getting 100 calls from all the you know from everyone and um so yeah i made the decision that i was like okay um i think in the winter of my senior year i had applied to teacher america um like did the interviews with that that was what i was going to do I was still gonna run, um, but I was just gonna like fit it into my life, how it fit, um, and see what what could come out of it in, in a few years. And then I just um, I had uh, yeah, like you mentioned, NCAA's what um, went well, and I like had the opportunity to talk with Nike, and was like, okay, I can teach at any time, <laughs> or like I can come back to this yeah. and put a pause on that, and like just take up this opportunity like this is what I really want to do um I kind of use that like teaching job or opportunity as um as just a I don't want to say like a crutch but I I felt I felt like I was like I need to do something like I have to have something um Mm -hmm. I can't just I didn't want to just finish and that be it like I um, maybe just like a prideful thing I was like all right I'm gonna at least get a job (laughs) Uh, so yeah, that the opportunity to run freshly came and that was like immediately, that's what I wanted to do. Um, everything happened very quickly. Like 
making decisions after NCAAs, going to Europe to race that summer. Um, and it just felt like at the time I didn't really know the landscape of coaching and I trusted um, my high school coach. He's still, I still talk to him quite a bit. Like he's a family friend. Um, like like I can go to his house and just be hanging out there for hours kind of thing. Um, so someone who knew me and it was just felt important. It took me a while in college to like kind of find that string together momentum um so i just didn't want to abandon like where i where i was um, and to kind of like restart um like a relationship and um, a coaching program like, i just wanted to try and get back to something that i knew and was something that i trusted and um yeah i'm close to my family so all those kind of things played out well and so i made the choice to go back in and train in philly and yeah Ton of good people, a lot of fun, a lot of good laughs, and um, I would say it was definitely the highlights of, of, of being there was getting to go to the Olympics with someone you trained with every day. Yeah, um, that was that was pretty special to be like someone's first Olympians. <laughs> That's that, that that was that was incredible, and um, yeah, it was definitely a community effort. Um, so yeah, hopefully that was recap. <laughs> I'm also just wondering, like, since you, you were after college, like, you just went to NCAAs mm -hmm. and you're trying to become, like, a teacher. Yeah. And, like, let's not forget, like, when you when you're in high school, like, you, you, were, you were good. You were at 207 mm -hmm. in the 800. Yeah. Which I had, like, a state record. Went to Foot Locker in cross country. It was running, like, 444. It had this great, great career in college. But, like, when did it, like, really, like, click for you that, like, I can do this, like, long term? Was it not until, like, you got the Nike sponsorship or... When did that happen for you? I, I think, I mean, I approached definitely my senior year from the very beginning. I was just like, I'm all about opportunities. Like everything that I'm doing is for an opportunity, like to give myself an opportunity. And I think that's mm -hmm. the word that kind of stuck with me all year. It was just like, keep pushing, keep doing something. And, you know, when it felt like the running opportunity, I think that's when I grasped at a teaching opportunity because I was just like I'm not going to give up on you know I, I started out the year with the intentions of opportunity being about running um, but it's like as that didn't feel like it was happening I was like okay I'm going to still keep pressing with the running like but I'm still I still have to accomplish I still have to um, like be uh, faithful to myself in this like quest of the opportunity thing like I still have to push that that envelope um, so I, I don't know I feel like I started out the, the year of just like, I am gonna just pour everything into this, see what happens. And that way, no matter what, I'll feel as if um, I did I did what I could to um, give myself opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Hey, she's dropping gems, y'all. Basically, she's saying too, y'all gotta, <laughs> if you see an opportunity, you gotta capitalize in, in whatever facet, oh. you gotta go for it. But another thing we wanted to talk about too was your decision to join Bowerman and from just talking to you today, it seems like in in your life and career in general, you always know you find like good communities and you find like good people to surround you, Facts. whether it was like your community from a club or going your reasoning for picking, picking Texas and even your reason for coming back to your high school coach. So what was your reasoning to go to Bowerman and how did that happen? Uh, so I, um, I think the reasoning was mostly where I was in Philly was becoming very 
800 dominant and like that's just not the type that's not the runner i am just the way yeah you weren't gonna go back <laughs> um yeah i yeah, <laughs> wish it was but <laughs> um, but yeah i'm not running like you know 39s for 300s in in yeah. workouts like that that's not my that's that's not my sweet spot <laughs> it, it just kind of felt like i was not being not really getting the opportunity to challenge myself in strength which i was what i feel like my strength is um and i yeah i just wanted to try and push the envelope with that more get the opportunity to train and be with people who have um who have achieved the things that that i want to achieve like kind of see what that training looks like and and you know see um i think it's always the like i can't be anybody but myself but i can like observe and see what like qualities and elements of people i can like put in my own my own game and like my own approach uh, and so that's where it's like being surrounded by just a bunch of world-class athletes is always um is always helpful always a good thing and uh, i think i wanted that i wanted that challenge of like um you know how do you show up when you when you're not the best and when things are, are really are difficult and um i want you know i want to believe that i will will show up and, and that sort of thing so that that was really the motivation for um for coming and um and again like what you said it is i do feel very lucky to have been with so many good communities like i'm still friends with all of my club track people <laughs> um, mm-hmm. i still am friends with um you know i still talk with my high school coach i still um, i talk with ajay i still talk with a lot of the, the guys and girls that were that were out there and um and now just being in Bowerman it really is a uh, a family environment like everyone is um you know everybody you want to see everyone um everyone win you you know you just want to be a part of the equation as well like <laughs> I think that's everyone's mo is like okay like everybody get yours and I'll, I'll be right behind you getting mine as well like that's that really feels like what um what it's about and just um, yeah, just so. Yeah. And now we've seen you since you joined Bowerman, you've progressed more and more each year, leading to last year, finishing eighth. And I think you were the highest U.S. finisher as well. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like oh, one of the, the other things, like another a- aspect to you besides running is that you're low-key like a critically acclaimed writer. <laughs> like this, this saying. Nice with the fans. Nice. nice with the fans. <laughs> like this. Uh, racing to stay alive that article when me and Aaron read it for the first time like it really spoke to us like I I could I was able to put myself in your shoes and almost walk around like I was walking around in New Jersey and seeing how it was like for you like it was a really good article to read like just how did that come about and everything going out around was it something that you had to do or did they approach you about it how did that happen mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely have to give credit to Sarah Butler at Runner's World. She's an editor there. Um, she called me, I think, after um, uh, the Ahmad Aubrey shooting. I think Runner's World has experienced like a lot of flack for how they've chosen to cover the sport um, mm-hmm. for most of their, which I think that they will like account for. Like, I, it's, I don't think it's anything that they... Um, feel bad about talk, saying at this point. Um, so not calling them out in a negative way. Um, yeah, yeah. They've called themselves out. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, and I think 
um, she called me to just, you know, want to do some type of coverage on on that and um, just like race in, in the sport and distance running. And um, I think I or she felt as if like the things that I was saying would wouldn't be very um like wouldn't come out right from a different voice kind of thing which is like she wouldn't have be able to appropriately like piece together what I was trying to say more or less I was rambling in a way that she did get maybe <laughs> um so I was like okay I will um and yeah so she just gave me an opportunity and said would you would you consider writing something um and I think she was also really helpful in pushing me to make it more personal. Um, I think maybe like early drafts, I kind of was just more more facts, uh, less uh, less personal account and like less feeling, I guess. So mm-hmm. um, she was definitely uh, helpful in and just kind of persistent in being like, it's going to be really valuable if you um, interject like a little bit of of your experience and your story. Um, so yeah, I just, I did that. Um, I feel like I wrote it and like thought it would, like it was, it was good to like cathartic to write, I guess. But I, I feel like after you like click send and it posts more of like a, what, what did I do <laughs> kind of thing? Um, yeah. so I didn't necessarily think through, uh, all of the, all the words and I also feel like I read it so much that it didn't mean as much to me anymore I was like all right this is this is terrible please just put it somewhere. <laughs> it's like I'm tired of reading this um <laughs> it just doesn't you know I don't know when you hear yourself hearing yeah. yourself talk like you guys doing podcasts all the time you're probably like okay this yeah. is this is a wrap but for everybody else it's engaging to like hear from you and hear your yeah. things um so yeah that was that was that <laughs> Dude, low-key off topic, but sometimes, like, after I do these podcasts, like, my girlfriend will ask me, like, hey, what did you guys talk about? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> it's, like, hard for me to remember because we just, like, you know what I mean? You're just going. And I think, and I think, like, you're saying, though, like, that's what makes it the best. Like, the last podcast we put out, the Nick Simmons mm-hmm. one, like, it was just so raw, like, you know, it happened that day. And then we just, I was just talking about it. Like we don't, there's no script or anything. Like, you know, we're just, we're just going. And that's what makes it the best. For sure. And people are like pointing to your account of how, of of Nick and and what he said as like, as the, as a starting point for information. It's like, like you said, I'm sure you probably didn't, you just sat down and probably like pissed off a little bit, (laughs) annoyed, like, um Aaron, Aaron was a little pissed off. Aaron was a little pissed off. You just sit down and like you know, spew out what's on your mind and then for people to be like, listen to this, this is really informative, like it's gonna help you figure this out or you know, this these they're doing the right thing. I'm sure it's that's not like how you thought about it first, right? It's just kinda like No, get it's just off. it's kinda yeah, no, it is kind of like it's kind of okay. weird, like you're saying. It's like wait what did i just do but it's just like but um since we're talking about that too we wanted to ask you like you know you talked about runner's world about them like getting called out responding with that article so we addressed this in our last podcast but we wanted to ask you what does allyship mean and look like to you uh i'm still i'm still figuring that out like what i think i've been 
irritable. <laughs> it's like even mm-hmm. p- people are doing the right things. It still feels like still feels off. Yeah. Time. Performative, maybe um, not mm. like people, like companies. Um, it just feels a lot, and I know that it, that's wrong of me to say um, because it's like all positive, like all steps forward are steps forward, and like all encouragement, all positive encouragement is is a good thing. Um, but. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like sometimes it's confusing for me even because I'm like, I'm not sure what I want from my friends. And like, do I want them to talk to me about this all the time, <laughs> post it all the time? Or or do I want them to, or do, you know, but I'm also upset if you don't say anything to me or, yeah. <laughs> or am I like, I'm scrolling through your page to be like, all right, let me see if you got the box at least, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> at least, at like least. That. So <laughs> I, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's that double-edged sword is like of like don't pander Mm -hmm. but like you know say something and it it's definitely like because we're learning for the first time because like I would me and Joshua were talking about it it's like when I think of people ask me like what is allyship I'm like I mean I've been on the team (laughs) like I've been trying to figure it out you know for for years for my whole entire entire life so it's just it's very it's definitely very like interesting Mm -hmm. I've always felt like it's very interesting to just be a black black person in America, just in general. No, it is. Um, it is very interesting, um, and I think it's one that, like, for like particularly for allyship, um, I feel like it's one of those things that you want to have. Like, hopefully, I have to. I get to speak less in times to come. Like, eventually, mm-hmm. hopefully, like something problematic happens your friend from the back jumps in and like makes it right over you and it's like you know it's not a huge deal it doesn't like totally shake shake the earth it's just like a quick check and we keep it moving um and i i I feel like we're pretty far from that (laughs) but um i yeah I, i think that's like what my hopes are from like friends um just social interactions in general where it's just like you're not the only one who has a red flag. So it's just like all of those little things, hopefully as people do more learning and are just like more self-aware that it just can become a thing where other people begin to do the talking for you. So you're not always just feeling like the bitter person in the back. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. Then on top of that, like not to open up old wounds from that article that you have, but like you said, like you're talking about, I feel like at the end of it about allyship on just like asking people who they follow on Instagram, like what books are they reading? What shows are they watching? And like, that's going to help us challenge ourselves in the future. Just like what type of shows and what type of books or people on Instagram should people be following to like, and how important is that right now for you? Um, yeah, I feel like I said that, which like made it seem like it was a call out to follow me. And that's how I meant. <laughs> I meant like, I don't know, like, traveling, like follow a travel blog that's has black people in it. Um, if you like, um, you know, like a recipe blog, try some recipes out from a different type of person. Um, like I, I, even, you know, if you're, if you're reading um, mysteries, like find some mysteries with with a different protagonist and like a mm. person just cause it's, I think the, um, 
I've hear I've been hearing a lot of like uh, here just an example like Madam C Walker is like the first self-made millionaire, right? Yeah. Um, and that mm-hmm. is made into a black story instead of an American story. Like it should be a narrative about how she's a self-made millionaire. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, that's you know that's what that's our bread and butter is boot, up by the bootstraps, um, self-made. Uh, like community oriented those are the kind of things that we sell as a part of our um, about a part of our culture and and what we put um, you know we're prideful about that but I, I sometimes it seems as if we kind of have holes in how we tell things um, it's like that should just be a part of our that should be our American history. She's an American woman. <laughs> She's all, she has all the characteristics that we love. Um, but I think it's, it's made into this like separate narrative and challenging to read more books and follow different people, watch different shows is to kind of just like shift your perspective from um, these are like niche markets instead of these are, these are mainstream. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're yeah. doing things. It's like, we can you can celebrate your culture and, and be proud of who you are, but also not feel as if you can only um, fit into this like one this one framework. Like you you guys are um, like proud to be two black podcasters talking about running, right? But just like you also, this is a running podcast. Like yeah, now information, <laughs> you know, like you're covering the sport, mm-hmm. and um, so I think yeah, just just having that as just challenging and like I think that's kind of more so what I meant about challenging yourself to like seek out different content like if you haven't read a book with a, that wasn't just about like how to be an anti-racist but a love story like a mystery uh, um, a drama like if you haven't read those type of stories with that doesn't you know that doesn't feature a person of color in years or months or you know whatever whatever your timeline is, I feel like that's, that's kind of problematic. And um, it's, it takes away from the idea that it's like everyone can have experience. Like we're all still like humans, people having experiences. Um, So that, that was more so what the challenge meant, not just if that, yeah, not to just be like, I'm following a black person now. I'm just like, it can be of anything like whatever your hobby mm. is try and yeah. see what other people like there's somebody out there covering it that looks different from you um and see what they have to say or see how they they tell the story wait then wait, wait aaron yeah. i know you want to say something but just like i just want to touch on the point of you saying like like uh as we're the runner report like we're two black runners like with the podcast like mm-hmm. i was telling aaron like one of my one of my like fears that i had or yeah, fear mind, or just bro. like thing that I thought about. I told Aaron like last week or two weeks ago, I was like, bro, like I don't want to become like runners BT. Like that would be cool. <laughs> that would be dope. I was going to say the same, bro. You, like, you know, that would be cool, Aaron. Like to be like runners BT, but like I want to, I don't, I just want to, I don't want to just elevate like black runners in the sport. Like that's, we're black. So like a lot of runners that we focus on is we look at a lot of black runners and and that's just a natural thing. And to have them on is like great because they're not on a lot of running podcasts. But yeah. then I would love to like be on the same. I want to be respected just like Flow Track. Like I don't want to be like there's yeah. there's Flow Track and that's ABC. Then there's 
uh, <laughs> running a report, and that's VET. Like, no, we're we're just we're they're yeah, we're not putting ourselves in a box. You know, like that's what that that's what that's a great point. I really like that. No, no, yeah, for for sure, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, and yeah, I I feel like I was talking about this with my sister. Was it feels kind of like black content has become or like when people are like buying from black businesses how it it feels like we've become as a people like charitable (laughs) you Mm. know it's like give a nod to these people like they're doing their best when it's just like no you're you're doing you're doing it like it it shouldn't be charity like come to you because it's like you're you're talking about real things you're doing real reporting like you you have that, that sort of thing where it's like, don't just buy the soap because, you know, somebody had some shea at home and made it. <laughs> it was like, why? Because it's a good product. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you for sure. That's like, you're not, you're, um, yeah, you could be, you could be Flowtrack plus whatever you want to be. Like, <laughs> you guys could do whatever. So um, I'm with that. And I, yeah, wholeheartedly agree that people are listening, if they're coming to you, it should be because they, um, they respect you as, you know, all parts of you, not just that, like, you're two black people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if you have to, you don't have to put this right in the pocket, but I just have to say this real quick. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, when you're saying, you know, buying from black businesses is waging a war on the economy, it's like, wait, that's just American. Like, yeah. Those are just Americans. You're just supporting Americans. They're part of this country. You know, it's like if we say, you know, go to running report for one day, we're not, (laughs) we're not boycotting all medias. You're just supporting the running report. I mean, I don't know. Honestly, the most frustrating is I'm at the point of, I'm not upset about people just like going off on one and saying crazy things. It's like you you think that we're getting closer to understanding, but something like that happens. And it's like, we, I don't think anybody, we don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not a black business. Yeah. We're not waging war. It's, we're, we, it's our economy too. Like everybody wants, <laughs> everybody wants to win. Um, so yeah. Sorry if that doesn't go off, but yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I think we got to put that in. I think we got to put that, that in. Quick. I like that. I like that. We got to put that in. But, on top of that, we wanted to ask, um, just you know, what does black what does Black Lives Matter mean to you? When you say Black Lives Matter, just in general, can you speak on that? Um, I, uh, for me, I guess it's just thinking about like everyone's right to this American experience, like, and it for it should be that. Um, that you get the opportunity to exist um, without interruption because of how you look. Um, like there can be, there's going to be other barriers, interruptions. Um, you know, some of those include it shouldn't include how you look. Um, for and you know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, that shouldn't um, like take away from your experience and your your freedom to live your life and. Um, you know, have families, have friends, go places, different, like have dreams, have those aspirations. Um, and I, I really just think I, I hope for that people, like we talk about the representation thing, 
um, and for, for Black Lives Matter, it's just like you want kids, you want people, everyone, anywhere to feel like they can do anything. Like mm-hmm. they want to start a podcast, you can do that. Um, there shouldn't be that kind of like little, those, those rumblings. Um, and I feel like police brutality, um, just racism, all the microaggressions, those are all the things that create the cloudiness and, you know, second guessing, and, you know, can I start this? Will I be taken seriously? Will, will they, you know, put me in a box? Will I put myself in a box? Um, all those things, um, I feel like are anti, um, Black Lives Matter to me. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just hope through this movement and, um, just if I could rewind you know, for myself, it's like, I always wish I felt like I could do anything anywhere. That's period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, um, without, without the, and, and setbacks happen. Like I definitely don't have regrets for how anything has transpired, but I don't want, uh, I want people to feel like they can do anything all the time, anywhere. And mm-hmm. that, um, I, um, yeah, just, just embracing, who, who you are and, and being able to just really wholeheartedly exist. The next, I just want to, could you speak a little bit more on just like Run Girl Co and just what you're, what you're doing there and especially just creating like a space for black female runners to really just express themselves to train and everything like that. Can you explain everything that's going on like right there? Um, yeah, just a project I'm really excited to be a part of. Like I started following Run Girl maybe a year or so ago and um, just have really liked everything they're, they're doing. And um, just like the onset of the relay um, came from the, the idea of just not feeling as if for a lot of people recreation wise starting can be extremely intimidating for all the reasons why um you know that maybe we talked about earlier of just like not seeing yourself in the spaces and not um not having the not feeling like you have the education from people that look like you so just just kind of like a base of information and knowledge for people who who want to just see themselves in the people that are talking and, and giving the health advice giving the exercises you know we're not necessarily doing anything um, that isn't out there in terms of like um, exercises or just taking breaking down running in a way that can be used for you know non-professional people, um, but but just giving it um, a different, just giving it a different face and um, and doing uh, just create just creating the space where people can can go to and feel like they can get advice, connect with stories, and just continue to see themselves in the sport. Um, so yeah, I'm really, I feel like in that way, it's, it's really unique. And just a lot of the content ideas that will be coming out over the weeks as um, I'm excited for people to see and connect mm. with and like get feedback. Um, we gotta, we gotta put mom on that. Yes, Aaron, yes. No, for real though, we do. Yeah, Definitely like, like, Black female hobby joggers, like, dude, they're an anomaly. But like, the media is definitely not, not made or, or geared for that type of person. Like, me and Joshua were talking about with Renner's World and rep- representation on like Molly Huddle's Keep Track Media 
they're mm-hmm. talking about how all the covers are just usually just all white people and it's like we're thinking about like for our mom like she got into running these past couple of years and she's killing it shout out to moms lost yes. like like 30 pounds <laughs> okay queen queen <laughs> but um yeah like for, i just imagine like for her seeing that he's just like what i ain't about to go run like i can't run no marathon like yeah. <laughs> I, that's not yeah. for me but so and then also on top of that my my dad wanted me to ask this about for my mom uh I don't know why he's he's kind of he's kind of loopy, but he's basically just all like, how do you like as like as like a black woman and going out you're running such long distances like just to talk about like your yeah. hair because that that can be just how have you had to shape your hair over the past couple of years? Well, since you're a kid, how have you had to shape your hair to like just as a daily basis? What? That's what he was really trying to say, bro. You know, he was trying to ask something like that, bro. He always roasts. He be roasted. He be roasted. Yeah, it's... I Okay, there's... I just feel like it's one of those things where it's like, everybody tries to come for you because it's like, it's just hair, but it's like, also, it's everything. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, the whole, it's, it's a part of being, like, it's uh, how I... And it's... Um, yeah, it's not easy to go away to like train at altitude for two months, right? And like share space with people and be like, all right, I'm gonna have what like a three hour wash day in the middle of altitude camp, <laughs> and like figure out how to twist my hair and um, like do all these things um, to be able to like show up for myself, how and feel good about what I'm doing. Um, so mm-hmm. it is. I, I do feel like it is a huge barrier to entry, like. You know, you're definitely in the summertime when you're little, like in the pool with the cap, with the full on, like <laughs> a full on uh, shower cap, you know, <laughs> or it's just like, you know, going to get your hair done. You're just like walking on eggshells so you don't like drip any sweat or um, yeah. growing up. Yeah. That was definitely one thing where I was like, this is about to last for, you know, 15 minutes. Just get get. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I feel like braids have been a, like just a nice way to feel like, feel like myself, but also like take care of my hair and be able to just do my thing without having to worry about that. Um, so it is like something that Run Girl, if your mom wants to check out, we do talk about. Um, there are going to be some things that pop up for the relay, and that Run Girl has already um, has already talked about. Just um, that is like it or not like a huge barrier for a lot of women starting is like what will what will I do with my hair um mm-hmm. <laughs> like how how will that uh, affect I still have to go to, a lot of people still have to go to work like for me I, yeah. it's like yeah. I am all like running is my job so I don't have to deal with like the professionalism of hair and like what's acceptable in the workplace and, and how like all the anxieties that go with that of like showing up for to your job with with a new hairstyle that um you know like how will people approach you who, who will be talking about you what they say um those are all i feel like real uh um i guess like hardships isn't the right word but those are things people go through uh yeah workplace um so i i'm lucky that i like don't necessarily have any like rules of how I should look uh, when I'm running um, that I that mm-hmm. I know of but um, yeah it's been I feel like braids have been 
saving grace to not like just be getting a uh, like purple tunnel in my hand every every uh, <laughs> every week. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I do definitely care about it. Um, maybe some people feel like you care about it more than you should, but it is yeah, it just like kind of is a reflection of who I am, and it informs how I show up. Like I feel better if my hair is done. <laughs> Um, yeah so yeah <laughs> hair is culture too so like for a lot of people that are hearing this they're they're hearing about something they never they're not even going to get that joke i told so a lot of people <laughs> to be honest <laughs> true true well, they'll see me rolling out so they'll they'll know that i laughed probably too hard at that one but it was good <laughs> <laughs> doing it for the show but then with that with that pretty much we're gonna start closing out with some closeout questions that first off, just thank you for coming on. Really do appreciate it. That was that was a great conversation. But uh, first, close out question that we really want to know: like, we know you've been you like you said you've been in the house a lot by yourself too, living right now. Like, what's your favorite quarantine snack? Like, what's that guilty pleasure right now? Guilt. I mean, I don't know if this is a good guilty pleasure, but go tos have been popsicles. <laughs> I use. <laughs> that's been like the big activity. Is like I'll go outside for a walk with my icy and uh, wow. just, you know, soak up whatever spring summer situation that there is available. Mask is on after the popsicle, you know, so I'm safe, but <laughs> that, that's been the like go-to refresher of the summer. If I was back home, I'd have some water ice or like some Rita's situation, icies, any of that. That's like mm. been the, the almost every day. No, definitely. That's that's a good that's a good snack, especially like in the heat and stuff right now in the summer. That's <laughs> always nice. But we also wanted to ask, like, what uh, is there any shows you're binge watching on Netflix? Any books you read in? Mm-hmm. Um, so I I just have over the last couple weeks watched a disgusting amount of TV um, that I'm not proud of, but it was I I saw I watched finally watched Watchmen, which is. I watched um, watch Parasite, which I need to do. Um, I watched Rami on Hulu, which I really love. So I would highly recommend that. It's a show, uh, yeah, on Hulu. What else? I've watched Miss America. I'm telling you, I could keep going. going. In. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Corey has my Hulu password, and she's been watching 90 Day Fiance. So sometimes I oh. get into that. <laughs> <laughs> that show that show is so cringe that's the cringiest show i've ever seen <laughs> yeah 90 yeah, day that's probably like a problematic problematic babe but <laughs> every time i watch it it's like painful to watch but also can't look away because i don't i don't get it but <laughs> that, that's been in there um Another thing I wanted to ask you was, I know that you went you went to high school in New Jersey, and just I just want you to talk about like a little bit how is like the New Jersey just track and field because recently y'all been busting out some heaters <laughs> like you, uh, Aji, uh, I think Mo now, Cindy uh, McLaughlin, the list can go on and on. Like, how is the the scene over yes, there? Yes, talk up Jersey because a lot of people try try and come for us, so keep. Keep, keep that good energy about New Jersey. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm definitely one of those. I was that person that was like, oh, take, get me out of Jersey. But now I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't talk bad about it. <laughs> but yeah. but um, yeah, it's just, I, there's a ton there. I can't say this enough. Everybody probably says this about their state or their experience, but there's just so much talent. Even like the people that you see, um, yes, those are incredible athletes that have been able to um, kind of like take the leaps throughout the yeah. of their career. But even the, you know, maybe the people that didn't necessarily continue with it. Um, I feel like that was always something that kept me honest was, you know, like in high school, Ajay was running two oh like, you know, two flat in the, those are the people you're competing against for, <laughs> for, uh, Ridiculous. You know, at your meet a chance, and um, even you know, I could say names that people probably won't recognize, but it was just like consistently, people were running fast, um, just regionally. So I think that kind of kept me, um, kept me like the barrier. the The barrier was always kind of raised, or the bar was always raised. Of like, this is you don't even question like how fast it is. You're just like, this is what you kind of have to do to be able to compete. Um, which is yeah. kind of something nice also about Bowerman where it's just like, sometimes it's just like, okay, it's the, you know, the bar is just raised again. Like don't have to, don't question it. Don't overthink it. Like this is just what it, this is what it'll be. Like this is what it'll take. Um, so I just feel like I always have had that even growing up was just surrounded by a ton of talent um, just a lot of excitement around the sport and in the area. So, um, yeah, that I've enjoyed that, that part of it. And yeah, Jersey's home. I like Jersey. <laughs> What's good with your Eagles though? What's good with your Eagles though? Jalen Hurts or Carson Wentz? <sighs> this is, I can't say this on air about my real feelings. Cause it's like, I'm always four for four, no matter what. Those are my <laughs> teams. They can do no wrong, but you know. Off air, I could I could rant for a while, but you know, I <laughs> put the good energy out there and be supportive of my team. So <laughs> I can't come back. And then one more last question, God, then we'll let you go. Just what mark do you want to leave on the sport of track and field when you're all done here? Uh, I don't know. Um, I guess just surrounded by. Um, just like effort and intention. Like I, I hope that it always appears as if I am like diligent in what I'm doing and that I, um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a hard question. I don't, I don't know. Mm. I, yeah, I just, um, I don't know. Have me back on the podcast. I'll think about it. <laughs> Oh yeah, we'll bring oh, you wait, back. Wait. We'll bring you back. This is like <laughs> Last question: Who do you, who should we get on the running on two black runners? Who should okay, we get? Um, who should we get? I mean, I want to hear from I I want to hear from Nick. So that's that's probably a that's what I'm gonna say. I would say I, I want I would like to hear an expansion on that thought. I I'm I'm walking away from cancel culture. Um, and I, yeah, yes, uh, that, yes. that used to be my favorite word, favorite activity, but I, am, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really am. Yeah. I, I don't think it's necessarily always valuable to just like listen to everyone's narrative all the time. Um, 
but I do think specific, um, like within the sport and, uh, like where we are, it could be valuable. And my own curiosity, like, I'd like to know mm-hmm. what, um, yeah, just kind of like the point we were saying before was like how this movement threaten is threatening the economy. It's like, we are also, we're a part of that economy. Like everything is, um, just, uh, yeah, I would just like, I would want to hear more about that. Um, and so, yeah, I hope that he accepts your invitation and we get to hear, hear what he has to say on it. Um, so yeah, that's nice. I hope, <laughs> I hope our next eight guests or 10 guests say that until he comes on. That's the pressure. Applied. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. That's another, another invite, another invite. And that wasn't for me. That wasn't for me. I didn't tell her to say that. I'll take, I'll take the onus on that. <laughs> but thank you so much, Marielle, for coming on. We really do appreciate it. This was a great conversation. Aaron, you got anything else left to say before we before we get out of here? Um, just thank you again for coming on. We really appreciate having you. You had some great insights, and I think a lot of people are going to take something away from this and to everyone listening again as always you're a real homie if you really listen this far into the podcast (laughs) this was a long one so like we truly do appreciate you guys and again can i give another shout out to everyone last week you guys saw the incident like everyone that was like messaging me like putting on their stories and just you guys been supporting us we really do like appreciate appreciate that like for real for real But that's all I really, I got Joshua. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mario. You're always part of the Running Report family. You're a two black runner sister, for sure, for <laughs> sure. And we can't wait to have you again back on the podcast. Thank you so oh, much. I love it. Thanks for having me. And yeah, thanks for doing the work to start this. Um, I know it's not easy. It looks like you guys are just talking behind the microphone, but I know there's a lot of work you put into this. So yeah, thanks for doing that. <laughs> No problem, no problem. Thank you. See you guys next. Two Black Tuesday. Let's get it.